Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me to kill me. Griff Carger said you were coming there. We have your border. I like those odds. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to Forest Moon Radio, an X-Wing Miniatures podcast. Forest Moon Radio is a twice-monthly podcast talking about all things Star Wars, with a huge emphasis on the X-Wing board game. Hi there, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Forest Moon Radio. My name is Luke, or Lou the Lunatic. I'm flying out of London, Ontario, in my newly cleaned basement. It is wonderful to have a clean basement again. Uh, I am joined by a couple of regulars and a very special guest. We have Dave with us. Hello, everybody. How's it going? I hope everybody's safe. And if you want a clean basement, don't have kids. <laughs> so, so true. Okay. And then we have, uh, we have Justice with us as well. Yep. Um, in case people don't know, I'm flying out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And we have a special guest with us. We have Jonathan from the X-Wing Debrief. Let us let us know who you are. Give us an introduction, how you started. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everybody. My name is Jonathan. I go by uh, Nakualani on our on all of the things on Twitch, on Discord. I uh, You probably heard uh, Droid, a.k.a. Dan, uh, last uh, episode and uh, I'm he and I are cohorts on the X-wing debrief, a an X-wing uh, media outlet. We started with a blog and we've got the Twitch. We've got our videos over on YouTube. But I am coming to you currently. I move around a bunch, but currently out of uh, Northern Virginia, DC area, um, and uh, I've been flying and playing X-wing since Whisper release episode, uh, first edition, so 2014. And have loved the game for many, many, many years. Introduced a lot of my friends to it. Um, and so we've got a, a group of us uh, uh, military guys that uh, move around a bunch but stay connected and like to talk and follow X-Wing. So, You guys, you kind of are into the, do the same stuff in the military, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a flyer in the uh, military. Um, I also civilian, so definitely a personal hobby of mine is is flying. Uh, civilian as well. Um, so that'll some, be something hopefully I get more into as I get more time after military things. Um, but yeah, uh, you'll you'll see me over on the Nickel City whenever he does Microsoft Flight Simulator talking through different parts of aviation. And uh, X-Wing really fascinated us as a way to kind of uh, take our aviation kind of flying mindset and trying to apply i mean it's the closest game that we can get to apply it to something that we love so and it's extremely well represented as far as the speeds the angles uh and that and the kind of energy management so it's it's really cool it's really cool we've really enjoyed it that's super interesting i i meant to ask dan last episode actually i i didn't quite get to but yeah your pilot you know you're a trained military pilot i take it that must have some some real application in a game like this 
Yeah, and uh, we so the kind of the the two areas that we focus on are just the basically the maneuvering area and how similar it can be with actual tactics. Um, but then as well, the kind of the the framework around which we play the game. So uh, again, civilian, just aviation in general is really heavy on checklists. It's really heavy on rehearsal. It's really heavy on, on knowing what your uh, cause and result kind of decision-making before you get to the point where you have to make the decision. So I know you guys talked about it last episode with the uh, Fog of War series, where it's this idea of trying to take like the decision you make in the moment and extract it before the game, during the game, and then interpret it after the game and identify kind of the debrief focus points for where, hey, I intended to do this thing and it didn't work. Why didn't it work? And would it work in a different situation? Granted, it's a little bit of like, a, <laughs> some some might call it overkill, but we have we really have a lot of fun with it. And it's a way for you to take your game from like casual to do more of a concerted effort and more of like a measurable outcome for like what you're practicing gets you. I definitely think one of the biggest uh, puzzle pieces right now is figuring out how to make Vader Defender work. That's, so that, that is at the top of my list for sure. Oh, oh man. Step, step one, nobody play him. So the points come down a little bit. Step two, try and call him. I, I think, I really think the points need to come down just a little bit on him. While I hate defenders, I don't want to see them on the table. I think Vader needs to come down a little bit. Considering I had uh, the last game that I was actually able to play before my daughter was born was against Vader, uh, Vader Defender, and it was not too hard to take him down. And it was kind of worrisome that you could have a fat dash on the table, do a lot more, be a lot more of a threat than Darth Vader. And it, was a little, it was a little worrisome. I had three A wings and oh. uh, and uh, two pods, and I was able to deal the damage to Vader. So, yeah, I'm kind of equating him to like the electro proton bomb, where it's like you make it; it's it exists in the galaxy. You, everybody wants to buy him, and it could do really cool stuff. But man, it's a long way from being like S tier in the in the meta. I know not everything needs to be competitive, but it's Darth Vader. <laughs> I'm um, surprised to hear that. I didn't realize he, obviously I'm not playing online. I uh, I thought he would be super competitive. I played like the, one of the first games I played in person was against the Vader. This guy, he hadn't played online. He wanted to fly Defender Vader with two Inquisitors. And I've gotten yelled at because I brought my, uh, Double fire spray list. <laughs> and yeah, it wasn't like Vader went down. Oh, okay. I'm trying to make Vadender, the Vadender interpretation work, but I like the defend of, Defender or whatever you said for Vader. But yeah, he. Defender. Okay, very cool. Um, but yeah, it kind of goes into the whole points for us without too many other options right so even if you build a loose a loose swarm around him it's just so many points and luke exactly to your like you can make a lot more tricksy a lot more staying power to with that with that point level so so vader will hit like that's the thing vader's going to go in there and he's gonna shoot something and the problem is though if something else if you can 
if you don't fly them correctly, your other ships don't have a chance. Because you can't fit much with him. And then you're just left with one ship against many. And Lou, let me guess, you blocked him. Uh, a few times, yeah. I w- it, it was pretty easy to guess, like, if he was stressed or anything like that. Um, like, it was pretty easy to guess where he was going. I was able to easily block him with Merle. And Merle helped out a lot. But yeah, I saw on the the latest GSP tournament, Doug Howe was flying him with Echo, and that seemed to do some damage, but it's... You, you want uh, him to work even if it's not an expert pilot, you know? You want him to kind of have some staying power without losing your whole list. Uh, and a supernatural Darth Vader in the X1 is 98 points, right? So... <laughs> pre pre-maneuver information, multiple actions, and a very close amount of health, but same agility, same attack. And uh, yeah, so definitely Vader in the X-1 probably before the Defender, hands down right now. Yeah, I was thinking that if Vader Defender was going to be over 100 points, then he would still have the sensor slot, but they took that away too. Brutal. Anyway, I have um, one very serious question for you. For uh, me? Jonathan, yes. Yeah, yeah. I know that you guys settled on the X-Wing debrief, but what's wrong with X-Wing deboxers? Debro- <laughs> I'm more of an X-Wing deboxers myself. But... My boys need a house. Fair, fair. You know what? I think we probably do need to do a poll on our channel to determine who prefers X-Wing debriefs or X-Wing deboxers for sure. That is an excellent point just to really know what our, know what the crew consists of. Um, So yeah. I've got your your vote on record. Yeah, you don't have to go through too much trouble for a stupid joke like that, but (laughs) 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 that's you're welcome. Anyway, uh, we do a, um, a neat little trivia thing here that uh, we dubbed the Wikipedia Deep Dive. And I believe that we've already gone through like five factions, so we don't have to like go to any, pick a specific one or anything. So I, whatever faction you're thinking of, okay. just uh, give it to me. I'm going to hit uh, a randomize on Yasby, and then the first named pilot that comes up, we're going to learn a bit more about it. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. My deep, dark secret is I play Empire 99.99% of my X-Wing games. So I'd probably have to say Empire. Well, I feel special because our game, I believe that you played Scum. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I can make an exception for you, Luke, but by far I hang my head on Empire. Is that not the Republic symbol beside your name? Uh, it's technically the Empire symbol, but then again, Droid did uh did do that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is exciting. We're gonna learn about Turfanir today. I just flew Tur. Excellent. He actually has quite a lot here. This is a lot more than the last couple we've had. Yeah, the last couple oh, have wow. been like yeah. paragraph. I feel special. All right. 
Well, since you're our special guest today, you want to give us the first little synopsis paragraph there? Yeah, goodness sakes. So the quote right out the bat is uh, another day, another chance to kill rebels. Kind of sums it up a little bit, right? A human male from Valahari, who served for years as an A-star pilot in the 181st group, uh, recruited into that group by the Baron Sintirfell around 180Y. Captain Furner at the time spent the next several years battling forces of the Rebel Alliance, the Empire's opponent in the Galactic Civil War. By 4ABY, he was a major. And the fighter group's first XO. What a nerd. Uh, Fenir <laughs> and the 181st, for anybody who knows what the XO position is, Fenir and the 181st flew in the Battle of Endor that year, saw Galactic Emperor Palpatine die on board the second Death Star battle station. The, the defeat caused the Empire to fracture, but the 181st remained loyal to the throne and were called to defend the planet Brental IV from the New Republic. The Alliance's successor state, Fenir, had no faith in the Empire's new leadership and urged Fel to seize the planet as a warlord, but the 181st instead flew into a battle that scheming Imperial Intelligence Director Yasein Assard, we all know her, had already decided they would lose. When the New Republic conquered Brental IV and captured Fel, command of the 181st was given to Fenir. All right, next paragraph. You want to read that one, Dave? Sure. The crumbling empire ceased to exist in 11 ABY. The imperial remnant was formed from the holdings of various warlords, and new supreme commander Gilead Pelion recruited Fenir and the 181st to aid him in the Orinda campaign of 12 ABY. The fighter group and the executor class star Dreadnought Reaper battled New Republic forces in a series of clashes throughout the Mid-Rim, ultimately repelling them into the Orinda system and securing the Remnant's borders. One year later, General Fenir and three other pilots of the 181st went on a diplomatic mission to the neutral planet Adumar, whose government also invited representatives of the New Republic. Fenir and his men won the hearts of the locals by frequently engaging them in customary aerial duels to the death. <laughs> uh, that's not how I make friends, but uh, it's fiction, so cool. <laughs> and they pledged themselves to the nation-state of the Kartan when its leader declared war on the rest of the planet. However, Fenir fled Adumar in his TIE Interceptor when the New Republic pilots, uh, flying for the opposing Adumari Union, shot down all three of his fellows. Kartan lost the war, and Adumar joined the New Republic. You want to do the third paragraph there, Justice? Sure. Since we're, you know, in school, and <laughs> After... <laughs> After Adumar, Fenera remained out of action for years, resurfacing in 40 ABY to join a confederation of planets that had seceded from the Galactic Alliance, the successor of the New Republic. As the supreme commander of the Confederation military, he led their war effort against the Alliance. His first action was to lure enemy forces into a trap at the planet of Galator 8, where mines awaited their ships. Fenera later quarreled with Sadras Korian, prime minister of the Corellian System's Five Worlds government. Although the Five Worlds were members of the Confederation, Koyan independently used their Centerpoint superweapon against the Alliance, and Fenera responded by cutting the Corellians off from Confederate aid until Koyan was removed from power by his Minister of Information, Denjax Templar. 
As the war drew to a close in 41 ABY, the Confederation surrendered and the Alliance joined forces with the Imperial Remnant and the Jedi Coalition. Fenir remained the leader of the independent government and represented them at a unification summit held at Coruscant in 43 ABY. This must be Legends, right? Yes. Fenir is complete Legends. Oh, I don't I think he has ever been brought into the new canon. Well, if you get to 40 ABY, anything anything after the new movies is is not canon, so yeah. Yeah, but you know, sometimes they we have them bring back the people from Legends, but Tur's yet to be brought I would hope they do. This sounds like a great character. I just uh just the when when you said 40 years after the Battle of Yavin, I thought, oh, geez, this is not He's, the newest info. He has lived a long time. Yeah, do you know my favorite piece of um, trivia here is that his height is below average. You see that? You know, it just says his height is below average. You know, it's you know, it's really interesting about that, Luke. What's is that? a lot of the greatest aces in aviation, like fighter aces in aviation, are also not very tall due to I'd the. I'd be a terrible pilot. Due to just like the G forces and just physiology, you're actually better off in high G environments as a smaller person. It's interesting. That also applies to race car drivers uh, and jockeys, to be fair, but not for the same <laughs> reason, I'm sure. All right. So it's interesting. For Nier, his main stuff has been in the comic books. But he was also in Star Wars Galaxies. Galaxies. Refresh my memory. What is that? That's an That's, uh, MMO for, like, came out in the early 2000s. Um, okay, no, I was thinking of some sort of web series that came out a year or two ago. It was like two or three minute little episodes. But that's not it. No, this was the game. Like a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it. I, th- I think this came up an episode or two ago, didn't it? It came up when we talked about Talon being Cobra. Oh, there you go. Well, very interesting. Well, now we, we don't really know where his specific... He has a cool ability. It's just, unfortunately, he doesn't get played too much. But now that we're seeing popularity rise in Nash Windrider and, and Commandant Gorin lower initiative interceptors. Maybe we'll see Tur come back a little bit since I-4 is becoming a lot more prevalent against all these uh, I-3 swarms. Be cool. Yeah, that is a good ability. They also tried... Um, yeah, it's surprisingly good. It's just, it's not that Centir fell, it's not that I-6 on an interceptor kind of thing, but... With the new expansion pack, Volt uh, Scaris is c- trying to do something like Tur, but they bump him up to initiative five and give him the ability to gain a strain to grab a charge. And then before you engage, so opposite of Tur is after you engage, before you engage, you can spend a charge to perform an action. So in that chance, so Tur is like the ultimate like shoot and then arc dodge, a lower initiatives, whereas now Volt is is um, boost or barrel roll into arc after six hasn't been able to shoot you or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely, Volt is definitely harder to use. I'd say Volt is more of a, you'd want that action coordinated. 
just so that you have your focus or your evade to begin with. Right. Because it's kind of hard waiting until your engagement just with a strain on you with no tokens. It's kind of scary. It's one of those, like, you have to be sitting on somebody's flank knowing you're not getting shot. And then, and then, willing to take displace that action for after something happens, such as systems phase. Or whatever. Now, there there was um, a little bit of news recently. There was, uh, I'm not quite sure the source, but there was a lot of talk about a new FO pack that was kind of dropped out of nowhere. Uh, just just pictures of the pack, no articles or or store listings or anything like that. Just a picture of the first one. First order pack. The first one was from France, like that we got. Mm -hmm. But then the second picture was definitely English, right next to you know the other future releases. Like it was right next to this uh, squid thing. Yeah. So oh, that was the second picture. It also had the Legion stuff in it. That's the first one. Wait, that is the first one because that's in French. There, I saw a second one with an English. One just like that. Yeah, I didn't do much reading, thing. but the, the second picture I saw was more zoomed in on the X-wing box. It was it was quite tight. Actually, I think I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been floating around. It's the second one was a straight up zoomed in, um, full detail English showing the uh, two bombers and the new uh, what do they call it? Phantom the whisper. whisper. The whisper. It, if we think what it is, it's the whisper. I would uh, I would get with the color of the wings I would assume I mean which is interesting because so the previous packs so the past release the three packs we have these were all ships we've had this is the first box with new stuff since Separatists and Republic came out yeah yeah but I think FO was kind of needing it yes I was kind of jealous as a Resistance main I was like oh. But I mean, they're getting it last. They have the best for last, right? <laughs> Maybe. But it is pretty cool seeing. I know that there was a lack of. I mean, but they kind of got up to speed with like resistance and number of ships, right? With the release of the. Yeah. Uh, um, the Baron and the um, the She uh, Shuttle. Um, so it it was interesting seeing them get two brand new ships, but it, it is nice to see the inclusion of the ship from the newest movie. Yeah, it was missing. And are and... they going to have? What? I was going to say, are they going to have a a Ray Crew auto counter card with a lightsaber that cuts one of the wings off <laughs> if they get in a certain position too close to an asteroid or something like that? You get too close. Ray does a backflip over you, and you're dead. So yeah. the the one thing that made me question the picture, like the first picture I saw, is just how like shoved in there these ships are. These ships are so close and packed together because your two fo bombers are just chunky, and that whisper is just like pushed in there. Yeah. So I. I dropped the pictures in the in the yep. chat right there, hmm. and I was trying to see what the Imperial one was because I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an Inquisitor." That's an Inquisitor. Hi, 
And then I transpose the size of that Inquisitor tie over to the size of that Whisper. And I'm like, by golly, that's really small and really pointy. It's not, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. not because the, the Inquisitor tie is already extremely small. And like, just to scale, the Whisper doesn't look much bigger. Um, awesome. the, whisper looks, it's gonna, the Whisper looks like it's going to poke somebody's eye out. Yay, toys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're going to see, you know, Supreme Leader Kylo. Yeah, let's do some fun little speculations while we're while we're looking at this pack. Well, Kylo's for sure a pilot on one of those ships. For sure, the Whisper. Yeah. Here's the... Go on. We, we a, probably I'm... won't have any named bombers, though. We might have, like, Whisper or Echo kind of names where they're not really... Um, or they're just like quotation marks like null or static or scorch or something yeah. like that for the bombers because they were just from the resistance cartoon. That's what I was going to say because we're, I mean, there's not that many named FOs that we have, people. Hey, maybe we'll get Nash. I do, Again. You really need to get the, um, the mechanic from resistance that she went over to first order for like a full season. Yeah, I remember, I remember that character. I don't remember uh, the name though. Uh, I did not watch that show. Didn't miss anything. Uh, I, I think it's, it starts with a T, like Tamantha or something like that. Um. Anyway, as far as, as, far as these bombers go, uh, I'm not looking forward at the typical FO move, which is I'm just I'm just imagining the Tie Fighter, and it's like cool three hole. All right, better dial three hole one shield for like two points more, and now it's going to be bombers really efficient, and then the fo they're going to be like, okay, well, add a shield, make the dial better, and give it the system or uh, what's the uh, fo upgrade? It's not system slot. Tech slot. Oh, uh, tech. Tech slot, and let's make it two points more expensive than the bomber, and I'll just be like, come on. Well, okay. So do you think? Yeah. Do you think it'll be six Nimble, hole one shield? Maybe five hole one shield. It's gonna probably have the same. So two dice attack, two agility. Yep. Probably it probably will be six one, or since they're medium base, they might go uh, one agility six two. Oh, do Is we think in- they're medium base? They're gonna shoot. Yeah, that's the- my question. Are they going to shoot the gap between like the Punisher and the Bomber, kind of? That's what I'm thinking. Because, I don't know. It'd they be look... interesting if they're closer to a Punisher. That would be cool. So you get like a 5-2 like a with a 1 agility. 2 attack dice. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be in a medium base. Just looking at the, the double fuselage in the middle, it looks smaller than a regular TIE Bomber. The only thing that's really big on it is the wings. So I'm not sure... If we get to a medium base, I think FO though needs another medium base. If they're doing it like that, because right now FO just has one medium base, and that's that shuttle. That's true, but Resistance has none, right? They just have small and large. You're right. Okay. I'm thinking yeah. that this will stay small. Now, are they going to have nimble bomber or? They're going to have super duper awesome bomber. <sighs> 
I know so, incrementally better. I'm calling it. It's going to be like like take a tie bomber and just make everything a little bit better, and then you have the f over. What I would like to see is precise, like precise bomber, something like that, and instead of the one bank, a one hard. So just give it soul sixes ability. <laughs> yeah. One hard bomb drop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, the one. So you know how nimble can you can do. The one bank right. bomb. So either they're either going to give it the two ba- a two bank bomb drop or a one hard bomb drop. What if they just make it so that it treats every single bomb like a thermal detonator, and you can just drop two at once? Gross. <laughs> I would buy two of those boxes and switch to first order permanently. Really? Is this so? What so? What Luke is saying is: Is this going to be the pack that vaults bombs into the new primary meta role? Uh, as a triple K-wing fill every slot bomber, I will take the bomb meta. Or, or, it's uh, it's the only ship in the game that can reload proximity mines and counter nets. Again, I'll switch to first <laughs> order. <laughs> Working our way reload the... prox mines. That's the way to go. Minefield X-wing. Working our way to <laughs> I'll take the it. Or make all the bombs action drops instead. Or just make it, so each reload action reloads two charges instead of one. In, in one point oh, you could uh, proximity mines were an action bomb. Yeah, I'm having Nim Miranda flashbacks here. You're walking us down a very dark path. <laughs> just hey, hey, I flew bot my triple K wings. Before Nimmerana became a thing, and yes, that it was terrible. Like I made a player quit. Like it was the first round of a regional. Um, I was flying triple K wings. Uh it was like we just got to the second round. He flew this tie swarm. Great. I flew my Miranda, and I perfectly slammed past him. Action drop a bomb. Destroyed one of his. Uh, tie fighters, and he's like, "Okay, I've resigned," and he walked away from the table. Oh, so it's like, "Oh, okay." So yeah, I'll take it. Now let's um, happier subject. So, uh, happy. Let's talk about what we think the whispers going to do. I'm thinking it might be a bullseye only ship, or it might be their cannon carrier. Because I mean, the silencer is so good. So I wonder if it's trying to be like a striker. I wonder if they're going to make it less bulky. And more flimsy, but maybe I'm I'm calling maybe like a maneuver, like a, a inter somewhere between like an interceptor and a striker, like pre or post maneuvers, because they're going to a lot of this like outside of normal maneuvering maneuver options. I'm thinking so, it'll have a very unique dial. So okay, Tie Whisper is an interceptor. It's a modified interceptor. I had to look it up because I I don't know much about it. Um, is it going to click? Say about the dial, Luke. That's the. I, it's an interceptor, so I don't think it's a cloaking thing. I don't know. For for the dial, I think it'd be really cool if they went somewhere in the root of the Shadowcaster. Except, gotta make, go fast. The, like the ones and two, like hard turns, make those red, and then make pretty much everything else blue, um, except How, for maybe. Okay. How about? 
if uh, we give them the like, so the one and two hearts can be red, and then it can have something crazy like if you are stressed, you can barrel roll or something to get your bullseye in arc kind of, and then you have that three dice bullseye, and then it can actually tempt people into not clearing their stress and then getting that perfect shot. Something how how about making it a less shielded uh, defender, giving it a white K turn? Um, um, that would be brutal, and I'm also very <laughs> I'd be I'm also reading that uh, it has like a, a special forces tie uh, weapons turret on it as well. So maybe it's oh. a bullseye plus weapons turret, kind of like a modified. Text. What's that? Nantex, bullseye plus turret. Yeah, that, yeah. There you go. There you go. But maybe it's a front and back turret because the wings definitely get in the way of the. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so more of like an A wing and a Nantex. Eh? Eh? So yeah, it has wingtip laser cannons, wing bracket mounted cannons, and a heavy weapons turret. So maybe it'll be a little slower than the uh, silencer. A little heavier sounding. It'll definitely. I'm thinking it'll be very fragile, almost like an Ada. Um, so it'll be very risky for newer players to fly. But those AC, AC people that love their ace play, that are very experienced, will probably have a blast with this thing. So now that that brings a big question into the conversation is. Man, we're not seeing a lot of pure AC play right now. <laughs> nope. We're we're nope. seeing a whole bunch of face punch lists. So is is this I, I agree with you, Luke. Like is th- this ship I think should be fragile. I think it should be small. I think it should be squirrely, maybe have some A Wing Nantex. I think we're seeing like this kind of genre because they don't have like a true super light, light ship. Mm-hmm. But Man, is it going to show up and then just like a Vader Defender show up DOA because people are like, cool, I'm going to bring my five X Wings and still crush your face no matter where you flit around to? Yeah. Well, I I love it when people bring out their AC list though. Like, I really liked seeing the the Triple I Six Empire list pop out that Paul Olson was flying on. The elimination. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, Mon Call. Um, I, I just saw him fly it on Hexiled. Um, okay. but uh, no, it's really cool to see these Ace lists come back. I mean, it's I haven't seen a lot of the Republic Aces come back. Um, but uh, I'm seeing a bit more um of the Empire interceptors kind of people branching out and bringing those guys out again. It's a lot of fun to see. I, I know everybody's kind of hooked up on Nash and Disciplined, but I think that there's definitely something there with um, the Triple Aces still. It's not totally written off. Okay, so here's another thought with the Whisper. Knights of Ren fly it. So are we going to see now some generic uh, first order with force? Oh boy. 
Do the Knights of Ren have the Force? Oh yeah, they, oh, should, I just, they were I from Luke's school, right? They were Are kind they? of his his band, or uh, Kylo's band of mercenaries that helped take down the school. They were neither Sith nor Jedi, but they were Force sensitive. So this is a way to get more Force tokens into the First Order. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. Interesting. They only have the one pilot, right? Uh, only Kylo at this point. Right. So maybe this will be like the um, Republic Inquisitors. Inquisitors or the Republic of Aether Sprites with like spend a force and do a boost barrel roll type thing. Yeah, maybe these guys oh. will have because um, they're all kind of uh, a group. Maybe they'll have some kind of Inferno Squadron kind of abilities where they all work together. But yeah, I like this, the Knights of Ren idea. That'd be really cool to see. Hopefully they don't, they don't drop the ball like they did with the Thai Brute not having a Han Solo pilot. Uh, um, am I... You guys may do other series or comics or whatever, but Knights of Ren, like, disappeared in the movies. Are they anywhere else represented? They are other in, than... Yes, they are in Charles Soule's Kylo Ren comics. Okay. Like okay. their they, whole they, they backstory. Show up else before they just get murdered at the end of Rise of Skywalker? Yes, their whole story is tro- told through uh, the Kylo Ren comics. No spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. That's all I'll say then. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know who might be watching and be like, no, or listening. <laughs> There was some hoopla about the beginning, supposedly. Yeah, um, it, it's basically changed, apparently. I, I didn't read the comic, so I don't know. Which isn't but, it impossible? Uh, if you haven't seen The Bad Batch, check it out, everybody. It was really good. Yep, so the first two episodes are out. Uh, next episode's coming out this Friday. Can't wait. Yeah, so I was really excited to watch it, and my wife is wanting to watch all the stuff with me as it drops, because she's gotten into Mandalorian and all that. And then we go to watch The Bad Batch, and I was like, wait, you haven't seen the prequels. Uh, <laughs> At all? Yeah, yeah, because she, she's watched four through nine, uh, and then she's like, well, I'll eventually get around to the prequels, and we just haven't, because we're getting into Mando and getting all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, we can't do Bad Batch until we do prequels, so we're working through those now. Well, then you'll have to do the Clone Wars, too. She does not have the legs for that. Yeah, she probably okay. can hang on. She probably you know, can hang maybe, on. Maybe there the, are some stuff in the new episodes of Bad Batch that have to do with the Clone Wars. Well, yeah, but I think you can you can get the gist of it. I mean, the story won't be... like I think the Clone Wars is over for them moving forward. It'll be just dealing with the aftermath of it. But no, so yeah, the Knights of Ren did appear in uh, the Kylo comics. They're these elite warriors from the Unknown Region. From the Oh, that's very um, ominous. The Unknown Region. <laughs> that's where Thrawn is from and all that. Yeah, Maybe I'm, blue underneath there. I'm getting a little bit further in that book. A little bit further. It's so hard to have time at night with the uh, to read nowadays. Okay. 
who's missing one of these um, triple packs? Which factions haven't received one yet? Well, after First Order, everybody will have one. Yep. Oh, what did the droids get? I can't remember. They're the ones who started it all off with the packs. They got two vultures and a Bulbasaur. And the, the Jedi got right. the oh, that's way back. Well, I would, I kind of assumed there'd be all new ones for all the factions. No, that, we're just saying in general, like everybody has a squadron pack now. Well, so their perp, so the purpose of these squadron packs are to get people like they don't have to buy five different ships; they can just buy a pack, right, and jump right into the game. Yeah, because now you can buy the the damage deck separate. You can buy everything separately. You don't need a starter. Correct. Um, uh, the original box, anyways. Mm-hmm. So if you were like, I want to play, but I don't want to invest in this. I just want to play uh, Scum for some reason. Well, they did this with Scum in 1.0, too. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, ju- I didn't realize it would just be... Yeah. I just figured... Uh, I thought it was more of a, a kind of a bridge between FFG and AMG will give every faction a new action pack. Um, I, I just um, didn't think that because they already have one, they can't have another one. You know, I think this was not even planned for a bridge. I think they like announced a few years ago that they were doing these packs. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then it was... A long time ago, they had uh, this stuff show up on the Asmodi website in Europe somewhere for the the Phoenix or the Phoenix and the Empire and the or sorry Rebel Empire and Scum Pack. But now those are finally out. Now I'm surprised that they didn't use like Star Wars Day May the Fourth to kind of announce the the FO Pack because that would have got a lot of people excited. But I wonder what they were waiting for. Where did they? Okay, so someone must have gotten these. Well, you'd have to assume it's AMG that has them. I mean, if it is fake, it's very well done. No, it's definitely not fake because there's the uh, squid thing. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Maybe it'll just be like a shadow drop. Here you go. Sorry, we forgot to announce it. It's out in stores next week. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, that's... So- just on the AMG side, some of the stuff, like their releases have been pushed back, so like their Marvel stuff, so we'll see. Yeah, maybe they were waiting for like a, a day that they could shadow drop it, but it just kind of um, got into somebody's hands and they couldn't help themselves. Anyway, there's some cool speculation on the new FO ships that were unofficially announced or leaked. Um, we have an actual subject today that, uh, Jonathan kind of brought up to me that I thought was interesting at the subject of jack of all trade lists and counter list building. And this, it doesn't matter what meta you're in. This kind of has existed since the beginning of X-Wing. We can kind of just jump into it like, um, Jack of all trades list, for example, one of the the first we can just kind of shoot lists at each other that we're we're thinking of that kind of qualify. So, so are we talking about a list that can do everything that you can just bring into a list. You don't you're not necessarily worried about uh, a certain um, yeah. list that you can't deal with. 
Um, so for instance, we'll trade lists with my five HMPs because I'm comfortable going against uh. pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh. no there's no counter that you're concerned about, right? It's the type of list. The other, and the other interpretation too of the jack of all trades is is your list covers the spectrum of what you could be faced. So like you've got the AC portion covered, you've got the support or bomber covered, you've got the control cover. So like another another type of jack of all trades is 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 a like you're saying, Luke. I don't care what I see. I have a way of handling everything, and also. When I think of designing it, I'm thinking about how I can span the available resources to have a well-rounded ship. Not You know what I mean? That's the other option as well. I posted uh, my jack-of-all-trades that I believe is my big forte. Oh, your triple K-wings. Yeah. yeah, so that's another one where it's just huge arcs. You got bomb control. Um, you got... Um, you don't even have to really worry about range control because you got uh, you're denying with the secondary munitions. But yeah, there's a lot of lot I of have stuff there. dial control with informant and Cassian. I get knowledge before I drop. Even um, Sabine gives me more, even more control on Miranda. That's really good. And then the one thing that sometimes people miss out on, like the can. So I've seen lists where it's like heavy informant or heavy bombs. But then you also have in here double barrage rocket and plasma torpedoes. Triple so barrage the, rockets. Triple triple barrage rocket. Yeah, so you have the punch right when you need it. Sometimes people leave like the actual punch out of a well-rounded yeah. list. Well, just filling it with tricks. And here I get a 270 arc because I keep my arcs out the side, take a focus token, so now I have arc out the front. And this is uh, what I was going to bring up to you, Dave. Um, your classic bow of fen. It it got to the top tables of tons of tournaments. Um, so there, as as well it should. Obviously. I'm sure, but uh, in in my mind, it's kind of a jack of all trades. But in your mind, is there anything that you hate to see? Well, I wouldn't want to fly against this list. <laughs> There's a lot of bombs. I, I guess I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but you're kind of right. I don't when I fly that list, I don't worry about too much at the beginning. Um, Fen can certainly avoid bombs, and Boba Fett likes to be in a rumble. You know, I don't I don't worry too much about swarms. I guess probably bombs, though. I, I do tend to forget about them, and uh, sometimes end up behind you, unprepared for that. But so, but. Yeah. But it doesn't like it doesn't deal out a lot. Jack of all trades. I mean, it doesn't deal out stress or uh, you know. I guess Boba has bombs and they both punch but, really hard. See, it doesn't need to deal out stress. I mean, the jack. If you're comfortable just like taking it and using it, that's a jack of all trades list. That's yeah, it works. I'm not worried about. I mean, some of my comfort with it is I've played you know, hundred hundred and fifty games with it. Like I don't know, <laughs> I played a year yeah. and a half with it. Yeah, so I I think that your only worry is getting in range two of a bunch of arcs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> range three doesn't help me very much either. I think it's just my luck, but you know. Yeah, well, what you gonna do, like, um, and Jonathan, like, with your ninety nine point nine percent Empire play, um, like, what's the kind of archetype that you like? 
So it really goes with the season, obviously, right? Um, the The archetype that I was flying quite a bit in the spring was uh, double Inquisitor with a. Um, I personally want the Punisher to work, so I flew a lot of Death Rain. <laughs> I flew a lot of Death Rain, but it, in reality, uh, I did um, uh, the oh my gosh, double Inquisitor. Punisher and say Marana to try and push crits through. Punisher had the uh, proton torpedoes and the death rain got the double modified proton torp. Um, but the inquisitors were just brilliant at uh, absorbing shots, staying alive and keeping the Punisher alive. Um, yeah. One of my number one lists was death rain, fifth brother, seventh sister and Sane Marana. Uh, a close second was, um oh six this one really did not care actually sorry this is not a true jack of all trades but extremely oppressive that i got from um max uh maxim clerge uh, out of france and it was the six scimitar bombers with ion missiles and thread tracers um, so just Ooh. the sheer amount of either primary or missiles that go out and I actually mixed his up and put two of them with ion torpedoes so that those two could lock down basically any ace on the board. And it would just the only thing I struggled against was just pure swarms. And at that point, it's just a damage race. King of Empires. Is, is the you know, is the tie swarm? Would you consider that? kind of a jack-of-all-trades. You've got a lot of guns, you've got a lot of ships to take down. One bomb won't kill the whole list. Is that is it still a meta thing? Is it a swarm? Uh, like, uh, Sorry, I mean the TIE swarm specifically, or do you not see that much? The, the pure TIE swarm? Really mm-hmm. don't see it a lot. It might just be like the headache of flying it, or the simplicity mm-hmm. of flying it that people just don't like. Right. Um, the, the TIEs can pop, but then they can also decide to stay around forever for whatever reason. Uh, and so maybe people don't like it in that it can be a bit of a wishy-washy list. I, I want to take like one minute and tell like a really funny story. Uh, I went to the Las Vegas, um, the Fly Better podcast put on the Las Vegas Mobile? system open. I would love to go to the next one. Yeah. Um, so I, I went, I was able to go to that one and I was agonizing over triple aces or a list that I came up myself and, and somebody at the at the um tournament labeled it the spicy the spicy Ocho, but it was all ties and it was a scimitar punisher with trajectory seismic, right? All ties and then eight eight ships. The eighth one was the scimitar with trajectory and seismic. And guys, I walked into the tournament, like I had a random thought before the tournament. I was like, I think swarms are efficient. But whenever I'm faced with a swarm, the first thing you do is drag them through rocks, right? Like, right. stay on the other side, complicate their maneuvering, don't allow them to whatever. And so I sat down, I was like, well, what if I just don't play with rocks? Um, and so I devised the trajectory simulator seismic punisher and stacked all the rocks on my side of the board and just stalled for two rounds while I just removed and reloaded uh seismics mm-hmm. and i ended up taking like three to four rocks off the board and with no obstacles in my way 
nothing, nothing concerned like my movement decisions and it ended up being extremely beneficial. So aces couldn't hide anywhere. And I ended up going day two, making top 32 in the tournament with a really, really janky approach. So that's awesome. Like it reminds me of um, Johnny Ray following his triple resistance bombers to throw size mix and reloading, getting rid of three rocks on the first turn. <laughs> yeah, and then you have nowhere to hide, and your rock placement is now out the window. You have a whole bunch of big bases coming at you. I, I do remember that. Yeah, it's been a and while that- since I've played. Will a seismic take away a gas cloud? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Any obstacle then? Yeah. Yeah, so Han Solo, I played against Han Solo, and I was like, beep, 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 and he just did not get his advantages, kind of a thing. <laughs> and then I played a Droid Swarm, and it was like, cool, you can't strut and turret on anything anymore. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's definitely a counter for that, that's for sure. Counter, trickshot, Han Solo, um, droids. That's it. That's two, two of the lists you love, Lucas. Yeah, and you counter aces too, because they can't hide behind stuff. Yep, yeah, you just pin them against a board edge and call it good. So so that brings us to the idea of counter, right? You were talking about the jack-of-all-trades and the kind yep. of counter. And by golly, what's the Zam counter? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so here's my problem. I have a it's huge... I don't think pe- anyone should ever like focus on a counter list, because you're going to bring a list... Okay. So you're like, okay, I'm going to develop a list to counter this archetype. Let's say you know the world meta is this archetype. And so you're devising this counter list, yes. And then you go to this tournament and you're not matched up ever with what you're bringing that counter for. But th- think think smaller. Think you're, I don't know, whatever day. It's Tuesday here in London for me and Lucas. But um I just want to counter Marty's Drea Swarm. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. uh, there's only six of us coming out Tuesday. I want to counter that guy who brings that thing all the time. But then yeah. you counter that one thing, and then you lose every other game. <laughs> but it made me feel good to beat that's that right, guy. That's right. <laughs> Dave, I'll, I'll agree with you. Definitely. What, and you know what, Justice? I think we all 100% agree with you. Like, there's no way... <laughs> You take a direct counter to a, a large tournament and go, yeah, too many. I'm just here to beat Double Fire Spray, right? Like, that's, <laughs> right, it's too many options. But at the same time, you know, if I know Luke is bringing pancakes, by golly, <laughs> I'm going to try and counter yeah. pancakes. And, so, that, and that, that only helps Luke too, right? Because Luke, you want me to try as hard as possible to counter pancakes. Exactly. So and can, the fun, you can the fun work part out. is about the HMPs is that they're a jack of all trades list, but they're also a counter list to so many things. Like, um, it, it's really fun going up against a bunch of FTC or false transponder code lists and just getting rid of them before they get close to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, yes. Uh, um, but no, so. We have a problem in my area. Um, I am kind of oppressive in my area. Like, uh, I'll bring something that's, as the K-Wing show, that's ridiculous and it works. So my locals, like, like we have to beat this, but they can't tech against me because I bring this, this stupid stuff that's winning 
But if they teched against this, then everything that's actually played would be superior. Like it, so a regional that we had down here, I want to say it's a 1.0. Yeah, it was a 1.0. I played with tractor beams. Tractor beams is one of my favorite thing. I love tractor tokens. In um, 1.0, they were awesome. And one and in 2.0, I they, they are. They were just yeah. obviously way more powerful. But I love tractor tokens and tractor beams. And so my group knew how to play against tractor beams. So like we had a lot of people from out of town. They came. This one guy brought this tractor list and he played it and he was winning. He won two games and played against one of the other locals. And my local, like he destroyed him. He's like, how? And he's like, well, I knew the trick. I knew what you were going for. And knew not to mess with that. So I guess there's a difference between like a counter list specifically and playing to counter something, knowing how to counter something. I think right, that and, and you're, if you're uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead, Dave. I'll, I was, was going to say if you're if also if you're you know basically helping train your squad mates in how to beat your list, like that helps, right? You you helped, um, you helped your I'm, crew learn against I training ball, or, to sorry me. against tractor. <laughs> right. I was hoping they wouldn't, <laughs> but no. Well, but but they have to learn to do it, right? Yes. Like that, and it helps in that. Scenario. I was just gonna say it, it really sucks if you try to if you try your absolute best to make a list to counter something and then you never end up facing that list. Yep. But one of the, one of the big things was the six Nantex and a couple of big players. They brought lists that you would never normally see and you haven't really seen since, like Dash and. Hair in the VCX, like big gun ships that can sometimes fire twice. That was a really big counter for the Nantex. But against a regular list, you got two fat ships that are that have low agility and it probably no die to a swarm or like bombs, um, like a bomber swarm or the the V ones or three swarm. Could probably take them out, but if you're facing three Nantex lists, uh, six Nantex lists in a row, you probably want these big guns, and then that gets you to the the cut. And your entire goal is just to deal with this menace. Then, yeah, I'd say a uh, definition of a counter list would be like the Dash Hair and those kind of lists with the two four dice guns that are just able to take out something before it shoots. Because those I four um, mantis, I know that they were taken care of, but I think that's one of the the biggest, um, like um, the most amount of counter lists that I've seen in a tournament was mm-hmm. during during the galaxies during that uh, during the Nantex reign. And the yeah, absolutely, Luke. And the precursor to that that I remember was Quad Phantoms. Um, right. That was a little yeah. bit of like a oh. mini Nantex, right? And I so, wasn't quite competitive then. I, I went to okay. the Toronto system open, uh, where they had a lot of that and I was but we uh like I, I wasn't really a co- had a competitive mindset yet. I wasn't really gotcha keeping track of everything going on. So yeah, let me know like what kind of lists were countering that. 
So, so, and, and justice, I kind of want to throw this at you too, because again, I think you're hundred percent correct as far as like, don't look at Nantex and ignore everything else and say, I'm just going to counter you. But maybe an argument that I have is a, a portion of your list, being aware of what is hot right now, having one or two tricks that, you know, can handle that or can complicate that. Right. And so yeah. I like. I like Flying Imperial. I went to Atlanta System Open against Quad Phantoms, and there was a whole bunch of them. A whole, like almost all of them made top cut, right? Or day two. Uh, and I wanted to fly Imperial Aces, and so I flew Hatchet Man. So it was uh, Alpha Class yes. Starwing that punches really hard, Vader, and then a Lambda, right? And I actually figured out just after like looking at Quad Phantoms and how they usually opened, I bet a a gunboat. A three bank, three bank slam can actually reach the closest, un like non decloaked phantom on the typical opening for that list because all everybody who played it started in the corner, opened the same way, and it took them two rounds to cloak right. And so it was really funny. Is uh, I was actually on GSP stream. I was selected to play on Gold Squadron's stream and I was like I might lose the game but I wanted to I wanted to throw this trick out there um and then when Dion saw it was Quad Phantoms he pushed me off to the table next to it and didn't stream it um but I actually shocked the Quad Phantoms player by lining up against him he's like he's like oh it's going to be two rounds before you touch me anyway so I'm just going to go straight forward and do the evade token thing or just like you know not even folk or not even uh, cloak off the beginning uh, and I did my trick, the the three straight won't reach it, only the three bank. And sure enough, I clipped a very close guy and put a, a proton torpedo into him because I had coordinated a focus to Vendor um, and stripped, I got like half points on a Phantom first first round of the game, right? And so it's this idea of like the, the Hatchet Man can work against most of the field, but at least like what... I guess conversation should go, Hey, when you see double fire spray or when you see quad fangs or when you see Zam or HMP, what portion of your list or what's your strategy to counter that? Even if you don't build the list to counter it, if you're going into a large tournament saying, if I see double fire sprays, I lose. That's probably the wrong answer. Well, and see, but then a thing could be said about the other person is that he was too comfortable with his, you know, opening, like, oh, absolutely. And that's like, so if you're going to fly a meta net list, mm-hmm. I want to go into those games where it's like the person has just got the list and knows only that like trick can only do that because I mean, so would your list actually be counter or would it be because you knew how they were going to open? You actually counted it yourself and the person was not smart enough to see what was happening going to happen. Right, but I had the resources on board yeah. that I could try something, right? And so I developed in my brain a counter for that list. And that's, you know, like it's 2% of the functionality of the list. It's it's a it's a one-hit wonder, but it's still an option that other lists maybe not have had. So with that, so when I went to Worlds, um, this 2019, and I loved the Nantex when they came out, and Snare Nantex was my thing. I loved it. Um, I made the decision because what was popular was also, you know, Decimator, uh, 
Phantom, stuff like that. I'm like, big ships are going to be the problem. Not enough people are, like, people are going to be used to seeing two Nantex, the Sun Chard List. So I'm going to bring three Nantex. I'm going to bring two Petronaki Aces and Chartek within Snare. So I brought the three plus Grievous. So I was able to counter the one downfall, one weakness that two Nantex had. And so, yep. And yeah, it paid off. I was able to like tractor a shadow caster onto a rock by like one of my rounds of worlds. I felt bad that game. The guy was like, I've never seen those ships before. I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is what they do. Bye. <laughs> so, how did, you, how did he get to worlds without ever seeing a Nantex? This was when they like had just come out. Like, oh, they had just been uh, come. Well, Haver brought um, uh, Chertex on Fac and Grievous, right? That's right, yeah. Yep. Uh, now, unfortunately, I lost to Ollie at day two, but I think what? I did That's well. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Must have felt bad after that. I mean, <laughs> it felt great because I'm like, yeah, go Ollie. I can say I lost to the world champion. There you go. So with the, with, a lot, <laughs> with with all the uh, kind of the, I mean, man, these big events are just happening often. GSP's putting on a lot of stuff. Like with some of the things that you're seeing, you know, Luke, we're not seeing five, you know, we're not seeing the HMPs. Um, and that's a mistake. We should. They're so good. When when we do see them, they do do well. Uh, most so of the time, just means, people, yeah, people just don't know how mean, to approach it. That just means you need to bring them and just start face smashing at the big, big. Events, I would love right? to. I am waiting for the day that I am able to sign up for one of these GSP events and hopefully enter the cut with them. Um, hey, uh, you were saying about uh, you know, opens. There's a uh, New open run by the same people that run LVO happening down in Texas this summer. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah, you should. I can barely get on my computer to play a game X-Wing. I'm going to go run down to right. Texas. <laughs> I'm out of Texas. There is something fundamentally different than like committing your time and traveling and doing X-Wing in person. The, my wife has told me like there's a fundamental difference between that and you being gone doing X-Wing. Or you being like in the room next door for twelve hours straight over a weekend, and like the I family can't. living next door being like, "Man, he's not even to come and help at all," you know. <laughs> I am not able to do those like all day on the computer things, mainly because of that. Like that's one reason I'm home. My family's playing games. I want to go. Man, I lost right. this game. I want to go play. Yeah. It does feel weird, like being stuck at the computer all day, and then you. Like, I went out with David to Toronto all day, and that didn't feel like a problem. But if you're, like, not helping out with, like, housework, and you're just stuck right, at home. Right, right. Then, and then you get the stink eye, right? But if you're <laughs> out of town, you can get in trouble I, when you're gone. I don't know about mind. you guys, but I don't sit at a computer all day for work. Like, I, I, I don't know that I physically could. Yeah, I get that standing for 10 hours is hard at a tournament, but there's social interaction. There's... 
uh, moving there's around. People. There, there's, I, there's sights, there's sounds, there's smells. Yes. There's, yeah, uh, sitting in one room to play X-Wing for 10 hours doesn't sound as fun as it might be to me anyways. Definitely the social it, part is really... That's what's missing for me too. Partial, also, just I, Discord chat, you know. I like to say, you know, if I lose a game, so if I'm at a tournament and I lose a game, I get to watch that person that I lost to, and I get to stare at that person I lost to, and I get to <laughs> like remind myself constantly, oh, that's the guy I lost to? Really? While in an online tournament, it's like, okay, random person, nice to meet you. I'm never going to see you again. The only problem is in person flipping the table isn't as isn't as uh, welcome. <laughs> isn't as uh, socially acceptable. Oh, you you haven't been out to Texas much then. <laughs> I've heard some horror stories on some podcasts uh, of just people that can't hold it together and actually flip a table. Oh wow. But, yeah, uh, I've seen it once, but it was Armada, and I was like at the other end of the room. Oh, those ships are even more expensive. Yeah, and <laughs> that's and not pretty good. fragile. <laughs> yeah, and it's a six foot table, not a three foot table. Took a lot of oomph. Uh, so, uh, pretty much what we're getting at with um, the counter list is if Dion doesn't want to put it on a stream, then it's probably good to counter that list. Well, when when that happened to right. to you, uh, Jonathan, was that because it was the height of of uh, four quad of quad uh, anthems, oh, and it was just on stream all day? He just didn't want another game on. No, it was it was so it was like Nantex, right? Like people yeah, yeah. in the chat were like, "It better not be a Nantex list." It was the same thing with quad phantoms, where they just see it locally, they see it, you know, in leagues. They yeah, saw so it, on it, it really had less to do with you than it did with the list you were flying. Oh against. no, a th- yeah, a thousand percent. It was the fact that my opponent said, "I'm going to win this thing with quad phantoms," that pushed <laughs> us off stream for sure. You know what the best part is about the uh, six Nantex versus six Nantex for like three or four tournaments in a row uh, for the final game? It's all Bohan's fault. It is all Bohan's fault. (laughs) (laughs) But thank goodness Uh, for variable points costing, right? I only say that because he is a local at our store. (laughs) Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was for a long time. Well... You know, it's partially my fault that six Nantex also happened because I made them price and snare so freaking high. People like me. <laughs> Damn it, Justice. I... <laughs> Let's give you this neat toy. Oh, people don't like this neat toy that you're getting to play with. Let's price it like Darth Vader on a Defender. Yeah, and then small base generics are going to flood the tables instead. There That's right. And then now it's uh, X-Wings and Pods, A-Wings, uh, TIE, Barons, and then you've got the uh, the lone fire sprays that can hold their own amongst the M3As and the HMPs. So. More ships, more green dice, more red dice. Seems to make sense. Yeah. So, yeah, all these... Um... I know everybody's kind of on a tangent inventing about the three agility meta, but I guess they would all count as sort of a jack of all trades list, right? The green dice are green dice, though. If you're counting on your green dice to work, you're doing something wrong. 
I mean, I'm hoping they work. Yeah. But yeah, they, <laughs> so when, they when they do work, it makes your your twenty five point M three A worth a lot more than it should be. I'll tell you, like, you brought up three dice. It does make me feel, how do you put it? It makes me feel like a tougher guy to have three green dice than two or one. I know they don't, they often fail, but just something. It makes me feel more, uh, less destructible. I don't know. Yeah, and then your A-wing gets one shot, and then you feel bad. <laughs> well, there's the there's the psychological difference between like your three die Tie Fighter, which always rolls evades, mm-hmm. and your three die Vader, which never rolls evades. Right? Like that's exactly <laughs> how it works, right? So especially with your A wings, right? Your 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 uh, Scout, whatever the low one is, you know, always rolls evades and stays alive and and points fortresses that that twenty something points or the thirty points and. Your super expensive A-Wing always gets nuked. That's how my memory works anyways. Exactly. Yeah, it's really upsetting <laughs> when your your 70-point Fenrau gets nuked, but then a 26-point 20, or 28-point Baron of the Empire just stays on the table the whole game. The whole game. <laughs> yeah, and you just can't get that one damage through. Yeah, it, it can be frustrating. And it's it's also like that when you're playing, there's also that mental difference of, ah, oh, he's going to take out one of my ships. Okay, that's fine. And then a whole other type archetype you're playing is, oh my gosh, I'm about to lose a ship, and this is about to go down the tubes real fast, right? The difference between six six barons and, and triple ace, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's, if you're going to take down like a big list, let's say like Malaris Swarm. Um, you got the six FOs, and you got Malaris. I had um, two large base ships, uh, uh, Lando and Asajj and uh, Victor Hell and the Kyrax, and I got super lucky near the end of the game where two FOs just blanked out twice in a row, and I was able to take out two ships off the board and then half Malaris on the last turn, and just to squeak out the game by like just over 10 points. So I'm thinking like a lot of these generic spam Sure, you have to fly it right, but even if um, your dice are average, it it can you have to have a lot of luck on the opposing side to take down that list. Just um, like Fun Walk says, the tyranny of three greens. That's right. So we kind of one over the jack of all trades and the kind of the counter lists. Uh, I have a few like extra tangents. If anybody kind of wants to go off the beaten path here with a couple other subjects. Always. I'm good. I want to vent about resistance a little bit. Okay. Let's my poor Ooh, a wings. Oh, um, four A wings. Okay, where's the popcorn for this one? Because you have ZZ. Yeah, ZZ is great, uh, and I know everybody says heroic is a clutch card, but I really liked having the option of having heroic and optics, or just taking pockets. And now pockets are five points. Optics and heroic used to be five points together, 
and now that's seven points. So, AMG, if you could just make Optics and Heroic five points again, that'd be great. And then we have the option between, or make Procket six points, and then bring uh, Heroic back down to one. That's fine, too. Heroic I just up. like having the option between the two different styles. Do I want the chance of having um, uh, what's what's the word when you have um, like instant damage with the rockets? Uh, it's escaping me. Oh, spike. Yeah, spike damage. Have the spike yeah. damage A wings, or just have the consistent A wings, and then you can just have the choice between the two. Um, cause and you and you still I, want your five, right? You want all five of them. Yeah. Well, right now I'm flying ZZ with Prockets, Tally with Prockets, uh, Merle with um, Advanced Target Priority and Intimidation, and then I have uh, Rose with GA97, and I got a loaded outfit with Advanced Optics, Heroic, Receptive Copilot. And uh, that's kind of my go-to resistance list right now. But yes, I would love to go back to the 5A. With, just with the consistent advanced optics and heroic loadout. I mean, you're about as close to the 5A as you can get with just saying copy, drop an A, and add a pod. I mean, that's what a lot of other people are doing, right? Getting, the, mm-hmm. you know, compensating for the, the points going up because the resistance is really good as far as the T-70s and A-wings, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so the, like, the five-ship resistance, it's like the three X-wings and the two pods, but right now I'm flying the three A-wings and two pods, which I prefer. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been it's been fun, but it's nice to have the option and not just count to 200 with every list I try to build with A-wings. It'd be nice so- to have some points to spare. Um, while we're on the topic of Republic, this is something that happened the other day. Some an interesting thing. So I was flying against two X wings, two pods. Oh, you need resistance. Resistance, yes. Two X wing, two pods, and Nodrin. And an interesting Nodrin that I'm going to post it for a second and see if y'all can see what I what happened. No One moment. Dream. Trying to remember who Nodrin is. Oh, Nodrin. Oh, you mean the um... Nodrin? Yeah, the uh, tra- resistance transport. Oh, Nodin. Okay. Did I say Nodrin? I keep doing that. Nodin. Oh, Nodin. Sorry. That's okay. So look at that build on Nodin. All right. So I'll just bring this up here, just probably because a lot of people aren't familiar. Nodin reads after you coordinate or are coordinated. Which probably never happens. Uh, if you uh, have two or fewer stress tokens, you uh, may perform one action on your action bar as a real action, even if you are uh, sorry as a red action, even if you are stressed. And conveniently, both of Nodin's red actions are jam and coordinate, which is what Hondo does, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So Nodin in this build is forty nine points. Has Hondo and Naka, Corsella, and R four Astromech. So. Oh dear. Okay. You see? I see. I see what's happening here. <laughs> oh, I, I stare at this. I'm like, that can't be legal. That can't be right. But I keep. I kept going through, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you can do this. So what he would do, he would use his action 
to Hondo. So first turn, he locked all his ships onto the Noden. Every ship, Jess, the other X-Wing, Rose, and Finn locked on Noden. Okay. And so he would then use Hondo. So he would coordinate a ship, range one to three, and jam a ship. So usually yep. getting rid of one of the locks. And then upgrading he, that coordinate. Because he coordinated, he used Noden's ability and can take an action. And takes a coordinate action. Oh dear. So double coordinates another ship. Then takes another red action. Usually any focus usually. And the next turn just does a blue and does it all over again. And you can just take debris and you can just go over the debris because you got Corsella just getting rid of all that stress. Doesn't matter if you go over the debris or not. That's fun. So what uh, what do you have with Noden? Just a bunch of using level five uh, resistance yeah. build. But so this is really messing with Tiger priority here. Which Kova is bonkers in his own right. So why not? So yeah, put Kova now. So you coordinate Kova to coordinate Noden. So wait, Hondo coordinate. Yeah, you could get yeah four times, three times. So Kova coordinates Noden. So make him do a focus. So Noden, yeah, well, first Noden has to coordinate Kova with Hondo. Yeah. So Kova then takes well, the coordinate. You can just take Rose. Can Rose coordinate? If you take C-3PO. Oh. What what initiative is Noden? Oh, never mind. Four. Well, Noden's a two. Noden is two, and Rose is a three, so sorry, that wouldn't work. Maybe that's why Noden is so low. <laughs> no, you'd have to um, you'd have to take a lower a lower initiative pod if you really want that cheap coordinate, or like a a, a fireball with um, the coordinating talent, or or um, that was pretty popular was the uh, the I one A wing with um, squad leader. Oh yeah, the really expensive coordinate, the stress coordinate. But yeah, there's lot there's lots of options to have a that would make Andrew very happy. One of our locals, Andrew uh, Pineapple, has a a thing for Noden. Well, yeah, tell him to put sure a Hondo does. on there. Hondo and Core. We, we may actually. I, <clears throat> I think he would really like that. Let's see, and then just put a resistance, uh, resistance transport logistics division pilot that can coordinate at I one. And uh, that's 81 points for 16 <laughs> health and three to four coordinates. Jeez. That would be silly. That would definitely get you um, enough for coordinating some A-wings with Prockets. That would be fun. Get that but then this, is just, this is essentially like uh, you're building an entire list to make a trick happen. <laughs> like yeah. once. Yep. <laughs> Which, like, I was thinking about the rules. I'm like, well, does it really matter? Am I ever going to actually see this ever again? So now you got um, Jack of All Trades, you got Counter List, and then you got Jank. That's it. Yeah. The best kind of list is the Jank list. Nothing wrong with Jank. I love Jank. What else you got, Luke? You got any more tangents? 
Uh, no, mine was mostly about resistance. I just, I just want to have more options for my little A wings. Especially they upped everything, and then they also upped the cost of a, uh, a few of the actual pilots. So, uh, do you have any venting that you'd like to get out, Dave or John? No, I'm good. All right. No, no, I'm good. Empire's in a good place. I think, I think. I think we can all agree that across the board, we're in a really good spot. And I don't think anybody is really upset with any sort of the meta calls or any sort of the nobody's sweating any particular list. Um, and again, huge shout out to the variable points, because that definitely allows the game to ebb and flow. So while Luke is is imploring AMG to fix the resistance back down. You know, give it a couple of months and it will probably pop right back down and, and so, put some new life into it, right? AMG did announce that summer. It was supposed to be May, but they pushed it back to summer. July, right? I don't think they gave an actual month. It's probably just enough time to wrap their arms around it, right? I mean, I don't know. Let's see if they, hopefully they hit the deadline that they've moved it to. All right. Well, everybody keep a lookout for that. I just, uh, I wanted to give a special thank you to you for coming on, sharing your experience with the X-Wing Debrief, uh, giving us all of your, your expertise on all of these counter and jack-of-all-trades lists. It, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the, the invite. And, uh, and I really enjoyed listening to your guys' podcast, enjoyed the uh, invite. And Luke, you've been a huge supporter of our channel. Uh, so. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy chatting with you and playing against you, so we'll we'll get a game in here real soon. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll get a, a free night to get to get some uh, to get some games in with you guys. Right now, we normally go over kind of give some shoutouts. Is there uh, any shoutouts that you have to give out? Yeah, I'll shout out uh, uh, Droid just for uh, the both of us. Whenever I'm distracted or busy with work he picks up the slack and i'm sure you guys just with your team as well x-wing is a huge social um experiment right and it's usually the friends that we make here and the people we meet that keep us involved in the game so a shout out to him but also you guys um bringing me in on the podcast and just us sitting down and talking all it does is just reinvigorate us to try and do more cool stuff and enjoy having fun games so both to him and to you guys uh, appreciate the uh, the time. Well, Absolutely. same to you. This is uh, you, you, both of you guys have been great guests. There won't be much editing in your sections. <laughs> You're totally right about the social aspect. I haven't been totally involved in the online play, but just getting together with uh, other X wingers every second week is is you know, totally keeps me involved and in love with the game. Awesome. And uh, Trey's any quick shout outs? Uh, just uh, if anyone listening in July, there's the a Lone Star Open, uh, Frontline Gaming. Go check it out. Uh, it's just like the LVO, Las Vegas Open. So, hoping to get a lot of people there. Awesome. And, uh, Dave, you got any shout-outs? Oh, nothing particular. Everybody stay safe. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do some traveling before the end of the summer and do some X-Wing live in person. But if not, hey, everybody, just take it easy, man. We'll get we'll get through all this stuff. Yeah, and a uh, quick shout out I, uh, this past Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I know it's oh yeah, me too. Corny, <laughs> but I, I'm sure everybody in their hearts is saying that. And 
I hope everybody stays safe. We will, like Dave said, we'll get through this. Uh, I can't wait to get on the tables again. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, but we'll get there. Keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> Have a great night, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Luke. Have a good one, gents. Thanks, guys. I'll I'm see you. Talk to you all later.